On some level, we all wonder at existence. We look for meaning within and without. We try to make sense of why we're here and what we're doing about it. We've also been given in one way or another systems for making sense and making meaning. This show, The Ripening, is space to wonder at the scaffolding that makes you, you, and what you believe about yourself, about the divine, and about others. We wonder at the systems for explaining that we've been given, and if they're current and in alignment with us now. If not, there's invitation to renovate the heck out of your inner world. I'm your host, spiritual director, and artist, Karen Hibner. Join me in the ebb and flow of being and wondering about it. Hey, it's Karen. Today, I want to talk about inner hospitality in a more specific way, healing your inner child. A lot of the work I end up doing in spiritual direction is around healing the inner child. We all have wounding from our childhood that creates how we move through and operate in the world and in relationships. This may sound like something that's distinctly for the psychology space or therapy, but as it impacts every part of our life and world, it impacts our spiritual understandings and practices as well. Our inner child wounds impact us in so many ways on a daily basis. Yes, this is the work of therapy, but it impacts spiritual life, belief, and view of self. These are the things we work on in spiritual direction. Spiritual direction is also a different tool for healing the inner child than therapy because of use of the imagination and framing within renovating beliefs or current beliefs. Let me share with you for a few minutes some examples of inner child wounds from some people, some incredible people that I get the honor of sitting with. So I've had the honor and the privilege of sitting with someone who has an inner child wound around having to be the responsible one or being responsible for everyone around them. They've become this caregiver and it manifests in a lot of different ways. So it impacts their relationships. It impacts how they perform. It impacts what defines being perfect and what defines performing for them and therefore how they earn love are how they show that they are worthy of love. If they take care of everybody, if everybody's good to go, if at a family event they're the ones that is that are cooking and cleaning and getting everything ready, that's their success. That's where they've done a good job. So that's how they move through the world. That impacts how they move through the world. They're responsible for everyone else, everyone else's needs, and theirs come last. And That could be a really ripe space for therapy. And what we take to the next level in spiritual direction is that there's a belief present there, whether that's, you know, chicken or egg or some other less used metaphor, whether or not one came first or which one came from the other, they've also projected this belief onto God or onto the divine. So the belief that they get is that God demands that they work themselves to absolute exhaustion or God demands that they take care of everyone or God has actually placed less worth and value on their needs than others, that God potentially withholds love and pride and delight until 
they get things done or everybody else is okay. Right? You get me? You get me? So that's one. That's an example. I've also had the honor and the privilege of sitting with someone that feels as though they've never been accepted or they've never fit or they've always felt unwanted in their family, in their home experience. This directly comes out of their childhood, of course. They, in different ways that I am not going to share with you because confidentiality, they have felt that they never fit with their family. They've always been odd. They've always been different. They've never had space to explore who they are because they're busy trying to fit with who they're around. So again, of course, this impacts how they move through the world. They're always the oddball. They're always performing to keep just inside of what is okay and what is considered loved and acceptable. They shut off parts of themselves so that they can fit They feel as though they'll never fit with their friends and that they have this secret side that if they showed their friends or their family that they wouldn't be welcome. How does this impact their view of God or what beliefs does this create about God? It obviously says that there are parts of them that are not okay, that they are not accepted. Or on the other side too, that God has created them in a way that they will never be safe or welcome with others. So there could be an anger, there could be a betrayal there. In that, they have been placed by God in these places where they never fit or that where they've never been accepted. It could also lead to a belief that they don't fit with God, that they've never fit with God, that they are not welcome, that they do not belong. So another one, another person that I've had the absolute honor and privilege of sitting with has come to this conclusion that they have to be Jesus to everyone. So they have a savior complex that they need to be. This is kind of related to the responsibility one, but a little bit different maybe of that they have to make everyone, maybe in their childhood, they had to make everybody comfortable or they had to be the one that made everything okay. They were often the ones that were drawing friends into church or into church community. They were making safe spaces for friends where friends never experienced any other safe space. So they've gathered this idea that they are the only ones that can help or can create safe space for people. This manifests now in a Jesus complex or a savior complex that they are responsible. There we go. There's the big piece of it. They move through the world in a way that they are responsible for everyone. They are responsible for everybody's well-being, including their own. And everybody else's well-being, of course, comes first before their own because that's what's modeled by Christ. Oh man, there's so many things we can look at as far as how that how that looks for them to move through the world. But what is the belief piece? The belief piece about God, what it does in the divine relationship is God isn't showing up. They have to do it. That God, for some reason, is withholding. God is distant. God is far away. And that they have the responsibility of fixing these things and doing these things. It also, this is kind of a side note, but then it creates this... um, It creates this terrible dialectic for them too within their view of self. Either they're really, really, really high on themselves, they've got they their ego is bouncing off the walls, their ego is massive, or nothing. They're a worm. They've got nothing. There's no in between. So that's the that that savior complex creates this extremely 
this extremely challenging view of self to live within and to move through the world. I've also sat with someone else, and this is for those of you that don't identify even with the word God maybe, um, but believe that there is something beyond us um, that we get to wonder at. This person, they at an early age felt that they were impervious, but that they were also too out there too trusting of themselves, too flighty, too impulsive. They had a situation where they had really trusted themselves. They were really going for it and it went really poorly. And now they've adopted this belief that they were too wild, too flighty, too too trusting in their own well-being. So this person shut off the beyond. They shut off this thing that they felt was animating these adventures and this wonderment. And because they trusted it too much, they, they are now, they are not to be trusted themselves because they trusted this thing and they've shut off relationship and they're trying to protect themselves. And they really struggle, of course, in the way that they move through the world now with intimacy. They're all doing the work to rewire their beliefs and their minds so they can live a more full and encompassing life with the beliefs that are more accurate to what they believe is true now. They are all individually on their own incredibly beautiful journeys. They're all on this venture of their own incredibly beautiful journey. They have all committed in these incredibly beautiful ways, like sitting with me and wondering at their journey of healing. They are all fully committed to healing to changing this experience, to changing how they move through the world by doing the work of unpacking these childhood wounds. So let's talk about, you may have some things that are already coming up to your mind that are already coming to the surface as far as what your childhood wounds might be. You already may be in therapy and you may already have a spiritual director where you're dealing with some of these things. But if you don't, for those of you that don't, let's just lay the foundation a little bit of what it looks like to discover these inner child wounds. And also, asterisk, let me define there too, childhood wounds versus like inner child wounds. I use different language interchangeably. So wounds that have come from your childhood also manifest in your inner child. So everyone, you are not your child. You are not the child that you were now, obviously. But every single one of us has a small version of ourselves, a young person within ourselves that is our inner child, the things that we've picked up in childhood that still have precedent and still have voice and still have mm, weight within us, that's our inner child. And people even, when we go through the spiritual direction process, people even have a picture for that child. Some people, there's a really specific age that they always see themselves at, which is usually pretty telling of their trauma or like, or their best experience. Um, But anyhow, childhood wounds, inner child wounds, interchangeable. So things in childhood wounds would be something that actually happened in your childhood that it was a wound back in the past inner child experience would be how that wound and what you heard from that wound now deciphers like who your inner child is and how you operate in the world based out of that experience, if that makes any sense. There's there's a lot more to unpack there, but we're not going to do it today. So your inner child wounds usually come up in our big unexplained emotions. 
when there's something that you're like, whoa, that came out of nowhere, like anger or frustration or something that's just kind of like, oh, I'm a little bit blindsided by that, or I'm feeling that in a lot bigger way than I thought. So for example, my therapist told me that when I argue, I probably argue out of my child self. Woof, my poor partner. I feel unsafe. I lash out. Unsafe is a big one for me. That's a childhood wound. So these childhood wounds, they fuel what we think we need from others, especially our more codependent relationships. So if you're looking at like, what are some of my childhood wounds? It's probably underneath something that you're, that you continually go to others for. Like for mine, unsafe is one. So I'm constantly looking for external comfort, looking for people to tell me that I'm okay, that I am safe, for example. They can also be seen in some of our core desires. So that's really close, closely related to the need from others, but our core desires. Like if you could get anything out of this life in a really, really super, super, super real with yourself way, not adventurous way, but like if you were to be satisfied in this life, in this life experience, what would it be? What do you need? What do you want? So like I said earlier, comfort is one for me. But comfort, help, safety, love, any of those things that are like these really kind of nebulous but like really deep desires, that could point to a childhood wound also. So I hope that this helps you kind of uncover some of the processings that happen in spiritual direction and invitations that you would experience in spiritual direction, but also just things that you can do on the journey on your own. If you're discovering, if you're on the journey of deconstruction or if you're on the journey of transformation and wonderment, if you are trying to grow and heal, inner child wounds are going to be a massive place that need healing and need movement so that you can continue on the journey. But what I'm going to say here, for sure, I say this to almost every single person that I sit with, is don't go performing surgery in your inner world. Just notice and wonder. Be kind to yourself. So I have a history, especially once I began getting really committed in an intentional way to transformation and healing in myself and in my inner world, is that I became my own surgeon in myself. I would go searching for hours through journaling of like what needs to be reformed, what needs to be renovated, what needs to change. And that is not what I'm inviting you into. That I don't believe, and this may be separate from your belief because I pertain to a belief in a higher power, but I believe that that is God's job. God is the one that transforms. God is the one that renovates. God is the one that shines light on what needs to be renovated. So we simply make ourselves open and aware and willing. We just notice what is present, almost like taking an inventory, like, oh, here's this. It's it's simply a practice of self-awareness. And then we wait and we discern what is God inviting me into that I can pay greater attention to that may be a place that is being healed in the background maybe is a place that is being renovated. So please 
don't go doing surgery on yourself and your own inner world. Don't start pulling things out and trying to fix them and being like, oh, here's this inner child wound. Let's like go through the motions and like all of that. If that's not a place where you are being invited. There are rooms in our interior world that are closed off to us at this moment. And that is okay. There is time for that room. There will be space for that room. And most oftentimes, we do not decide which room we are going into and which room we are not going into. There's this incredible gift of synchronicity in our lives that the things that, the things that we notice at the grocery store or something that a barista said to us, these things in our lives point to the synchronistic thing that we are in being invited to look at. And we can trust that. We can trust that there's something beyond ourselves that is taking care of it and that we can in our self-awareness and in our own willingness, and don't hear me wrong, there is action here. Contemplation always breeds action. So there is stuff that you have to do. And that's usually mind work. That's usually being aware of every thought that moves between your ears and wondering if it is for you or not. Wondering if it comes from you or from God or not, or if it comes from a good person in your life or if it needs to get the heck out. So do not go performing surgery on yourself. You will notice, you will see, you will hear what needs to be paid attention to. It will come up. Also, hire someone to do the dirty work with you and for you. If you can financially manage this, if you have the privilege to financially manage this, hire a therapist, hire a spiritual director. Don't do this alone. It's too much. It gets too lonely. It's too big. You start doing surgery. You need someone to bounce off of. No one is designed to do this work on their own. We are all designed to be in community. And part of that community sometimes is not just your best friend, not your mom, not all of these people that maybe you have a great and processing relationship with. Great. You need somebody from outside and you need somebody that's trained in this in some seasons. So hire someone to do the dirty work with you and for you. Hire someone to advocate for you in your interior world. I cannot tell you how many times I use the voice of past spiritual directors or professors or my current therapist as a means to advocate for myself in my own brain, right? Like these are thoughts that I'm trying to take on that I haven't quite gotten there yet. I'll have a negative thought and then I'll be like, oh wait, Dr. J says this. And that's probably more true than what I'm saying to myself right now. Let's try to lean in and get more to what Dr. J says. So don't go it alone. Hire someone to advocate for you, to be that sounding board, to be that mirror so that you don't have to do this alone. Okay, this is a lifelong journey. Be gracious with yourself. Be patient. Be kind. Maybe this episode isn't even for you today. Maybe you are not ready to look at inner child wounds. Maybe you are not ready to look at any of this and you're like, whoa, Karen, no, gross. Okay, great. Come back later. That's fine. You will probably be here later. And that is fine. That is beautiful. And that is where you are supposed to be today. 
if you are into this conversation and you have already begun looking at these things or you will shortly, they never fully go away. And I know for some people that's a depressing statement. They never fully go away. They never fully go away. And I think that's by design. I think there's something there. There's a reason, I'm sure. But allowing that to fuel and be real about the grace that you extend to yourself, you will not be fixed. You will not arrive. You are continually in process and you are a continual collaboration between yourself and the divine and others and everyone around you and blah, 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 blah. You are a continual creation. Let me know if you want me to journey with you here in these spaces in this inner child work. Reach out. You can find me through my show notes. Find me through my website. I would love to sit with you. I would love to have the gift of holding your story for a few minutes. I do that via one-on-one spiritual direction sessions via Zoom. Or you can join me for my office hours. That happens every third Friday of the month from 11 to 1 Mountain Standard Time via Zoom. And you can find that link through my website. Friends, be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Love well. Be well, friends. journey with you. I hope for all good things for you and everyone you know. If you enjoy this show, like, rate, follow, and subscribe, and send it to a friend. This show is produced on Arapahoe land and is a production of me, Karen Hibner. I'm your producer, editor, and sound designer. Check out more about me, how to sit with me one-on-one for spiritual direction or supervision, and all things Karen Hibner podcast production and art at karenhibner.com. Be well, y'all.